Welcome to Long Live the Music, a podcast from It's All Dead, made by music fans for music fans. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to Long Live the Music. I'm Kyle Hawk. Thank you for joining us on the podcast tonight. We're back. It's been a, an extended absence. This happens at least once every year, but I think this is our longest break from the podcast there there are reasons for it uh but but we're back and we've been trying to be back for a little bit to be fair and just haven't uh been able to pull all the pieces together because of lots of circumstantial things but we're here i'm here with nadia alves uh nadia welcome to the show it's been a while we are doing this yeah i uh started a new job in june and then i traveled for that job to boston which i'll talk about in a minute and then I got COVID and I was like living in my in-laws house while they were gone for a trip to stay away from my family. It's been like a whirlwind of a month or two here for me, uh, which is part of the reason that the podcast has been on hiatus. Um, but we're, we're starting to get back in the groove of things. Um, and, you know, speaking of making the trip out to Boston, it was my first time there. And of course, that put me within, you know, a stone's throw of Nadia. So we had to, we had to make it happen. We were able to meet up in person for the very first time. How crazy is that? A while. It only took us from 2017. Yeah, it was only five years. That's, that's only how long it took. Um, and, um, we saw a rat, uh, while we were eating outdoors. <laughs> no, you did not just mention that. <laughs> I, I, how could I forget? We we don't have that doesn't happen a lot. Maybe field mice in Indiana, but not like a full blown. Really full sorry blown about that. That's uh that's an impression of Boston you will not forget for sure. But, yeah, there were a lot of impressions. Overall, I liked it. I, I enjoyed the city. Other than getting sick, um, it was a good trip and a pleasure to to finally meet the uh, the great Nadia. Um, but now we're we're back um, in our respective states and uh, podcasting remotely, and I'm excited to do this one because we've been trying to like make this conversation happen for a while, um, and we're finally going to do it tonight. We're talking about the impending return of Paramore. We're going to speculate wildly um, about what what might be coming, um, I guess, later this year from the band. Um, we're also going to talk about the new Anne Berlin album that just dropped. Um, or their EP, I guess I should say, um, and the return of a band that we didn't really expect that we would see in this fashion again. Um, but first, I just want to talk about some of the music we've been listening to. It's been a while since we've done the podcast. We haven't been talking. I mean, even though we haven't been podcasting, we've still been listening to lots of music. Um, so I thought we could talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, have been tickling our, our ears lately. And, you know, most of this has been kind of the, the summer months, um, really, since, you know, our, our summer break. Um, but I, I don't know, like I've just been, I've been loving so many albums that have been coming out this summer. Like I've been blown away and I, I was texting you today. I'm, I'm addicted to pale waves right now. They just put out their new album and it is like literally perfect. I mean, it's, uh, you know, sort of a pop punk revival type thing. And, and that's a band that's so curious because they've done like three albums now that all sound completely different and they leaned like really hard into the 2000s pop punk on this and i've just been like over the moon about it like i i can't imagine listening to anything else for like the rest of the summer um and nadia you knew about pale waves before i did um and you've listened to the new album i presume i i didn't get to it i had a busy day but okay. i mean to do it you get you're gonna love it i think um, i'm excited 
And, uh, you know, there was that. There was the Muna self-titled album that came out. Finally, I feel like I've been, you know, I saw them open for Phoebe Bridgers last fall. And that's how I kind of got introduced to them. And then they dropped Silk Chiffon. They actually played that song for the first time that night when I saw them. And there was that big lead up to their um, their self-titled album. It's so good. Um, what I want track two on that has literally been my song of the summer. It might be like the ultimate song of any summer that there's ever been. It's that good. Um, but yeah, there was the new Anne Boleyn. Um, you know, obviously I'm still listening to stand Atlantic a lot. Um, there's just been a lot of good stuff and I've just been enjoying like good vibe music this summer. Um, kind of like coming out of the dark. Um, I'd like to say coming out of the pandemic, but that's not true just had covid but i've been trying to like find music to like make me happy lift my spirits and there's been a lot of it and that's been kind of cool um what tell me the stuff that you've been listening to these past few months nadia what, what's been sticking with you uh yeah i've kind of been in a funk to be honest um i haven't been listening to like anything new um kind of been back in my tooth and nail mood i guess yeah um but randomly i was listening to an artist radio i can't remember who it was now um but one of the songs in the Spotify like lineup was this band from this band called stay inside. And I'd heard of them, but I'd never listened to them. Um, their album viewing, which came out 2020 is actually incredible. Um, if mm. there's one thing I am is a fan of post hardcore. Um, and that, yeah, it's like the epitome of post hardcore, such good nice. stuff. I gotta check um, it out. Yeah. And then the other song I've really been liking is, um, the newer wonder years single. Um, it's called your name, but in parentheses, it's Wyatt's song, which, uh, Wyatt yep. is Dan's son. Um, great song about parenthood. Uh, I think this album's really gonna hurt me, um, deeply, but in <laughs> yeah. a good way. Yeah. That was, um, that song was almost too real for me. Like I listened to it and I was like, oh boy, I'm kind of like <laughs> feeling some things here. Um, but I guess that's what the Wonder Years do. That's like their thing, at least for us. We've talked about that. Sure is. For hours upon hours on this show. Um, you mentioned Re Regina Spector, right? Um, there was a new album from her. Yeah, that released in June. And I did mean to write about that. Again, lots of things have happened this summer. I feel like it's been like one of those like distracting summers. Like I feel like so many things have been going on right at the same time that I keep forgetting to like keep up with things. Um, but the Regina Spector album is really, really good. And that, if I remember correctly, was one of my most anticipated albums of the year. Um, and it definitely yeah. lived up to the hype. Yeah. And there was Emery too. Um, yeah. Like I, the last podcast we had was actually with Devin Shelton talking about that. That feels like forever ago, but it was just back in June. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff coming out um, this summer, which has been super fun. And, uh, you know, one of those things, like I mentioned, uh, we're going to talk about it now is Anne Berlin. And, you know, Anne Berlin released Lowborn in, in 2014 and kind of did their big farewell. And they made very clear back at that time that this was it. No more Anne Berlin ever again. So soak it up, folks. Um, they're not the only band to have done that and come back. That's like literally every scene band at this point, it seems like. Um, but they came back. And first it was just like coming back and playing a show and then, you know, showing up at a couple festivals and then kind of doing a tour. And it felt like, okay this band is going to record some music. Uh, it was just a matter of when. And then Two Graves came out. I think that was near the end of last year. And it kind of like, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought the song was fine, but it's like, you know, I think I thought that we were about to get a, a, another full length album. We didn't, we got a five song EP, which is totally fine. Um, I wrote about it at it's all dead.com. You can check out the review. I liked it. 
Um, I, I'm interested to talk about it though, Nadia, because you know we did a Anne Berlin deep dive podcast. You and I are both huge Anne Berlin fans. I mean, this is a band that has meant a lot, I think, to both of us respectively at uh, different parts of our lives. I I don't know how to I don't know how to put it into words. Like, I'm glad that they're back, and I'm glad that there's new music. It's just so surreal, I guess. I just didn't really fully expect, uh, you know, back when they left that this was going to happen. And now it's here. Um, I, I want to talk about the EP, Silverline, but tell me your kind of first reactions to it. Because I know you were you were kind of texting me furiously whenever the rumor mill started uh, coming along that Anne Berlin was going to be back. So I know you were pumped for it. How did you end up feeling with what we've gotten so far? Yeah. So let me say I am in honor of this podcast wearing the t-shirt that I got in 2014 when I went to my first concert by myself, which was nice. Amberlynn's final tour. That's um, awesome. I am wearing that. It is definitely not fit me anymore, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> couldn't help it. But yeah. So when they left back in 2014, it took me a while to, to get over that. Um, I guess like in a, in a way that I feel like not really many bands have made me feel when they have gone away. Um, it really did feel like the end of an era um, for me. But yeah, when it, they like started touring and they were talking about festivals, Jeremiah and I went to the the Boston show of their first tour back. And I think, I can't remember if it was an anniversary or what. It, for some reason, they decided to do some shows. Um, and I said, Jeremiah, we've got to go because Jeremiah didn't go see Amberlynn that time that I did. Um, so he had never seen them. So of course we made it back. And at that show, towards the end, they were like, I think we should make some more music. And we all like laughed it off because, you know, it's it had been so long. And they, from what I gather, I mean, you know, as parasocial as this is, it didn't seem like they left the band on very good terms. Um, so it kind of seems like maybe they were just throwing that out there, like, oh, maybe we'll, you know, do something, maybe we won't. Um, and then it actually happened. Like we actually have an EP from Amberlynn in 2022, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, and I was I was listening to the EP the other day. It was so weird because I felt like before I turned it on, I was thinking to myself, this is really one of those bands ending that I had finally like made my peace with. Um mm-hmm. And the fact that they were back was just so weird. Like, I feel like I should never come to terms with anything again because it'll probably they'll just come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I honestly love the EP. It feels very Lowborn B-sides to me, um, which is not a bad thing because I love Lowborn. Um, but I don't know. It feels like a very natural progression for me. Um, it's just weird that they're back, honestly. Yeah. But uh, weird is the right word. And And you are right about the way it all ended felt like, I mean, there was just some oddities around it. And, you know, bands aren't like obligated to reveal everything to us about the inner workings of their respective relationships. A lot of times that comes out anyway. But there was something kind of peculiar about the end of Anne Berlin. Um, even the way they recorded Lowborn, it wasn't recorded with all of them in person together. They were like each respectively recording stuff uh, separately and then kind of like putting it together after the fact. Here's what I am still trying to figure out. Um, you know, Stephen Christian is a prolific songwriter. I mean, he's written, 
you know, not only the Anne Berlin albums, but his solo stuff, Anchor and Braille. I mean, this is somebody who's written a lot of music and cranked out a lot of music. And they're probably at a time in their life where it just doesn't make sense to do that like they could back in the day. But I was surprised that we only got five songs for some reason. And I don't really know like how to put my finger on that. But it, I, I was surprised when I found out we were just getting the EP. But then there was an interview that Stephen Christian did, um, I believe with Drew Beringer at um, uh, Chorus FM. And he was revealing that uh, two of the songs on Silverline weren't even like written as Anne Berlin. Like he wrote them for the last Anchor and Braille album, didn't use them and saved them to use here on Anne Berlin, which means there were only like three fully new songs written by the guys of Anne Berlin this time around. And for as much time as they've had since they started kind of coming back around and hinted that they might be making music, I was really surprised that there was only this. Um, and now I know that I, I think Stephen has implied that there might be more to come, but were you, what were your feelings about this? I mean, is it just like, Hey, we're happy that they're back at all. You know, that we could have had nothing ever again. We have five songs. That's great. But I, I, I was a little surprised that there wasn't more. Uh, so was I, um, not going to lie. Um, Stephen also released a church music album too. Like, so he's definitely, he hasn't been like quiet while Amberlynn has been gone. Like he's definitely been releasing things, right. but the fact that Silverline is only 20 minutes long, almost 22 minutes. I don't know. It just feels like, I don't want to say not enough because again, it's like really none of my business. Um, but like, it just feels um, kind of funny, almost like they were testing the waters to see how we would feel about them being back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the thing now that I'm thinking about it and we're kind of like saying all this out loud, the, the thing that I thought was, that I couldn't articulate is that Amberlynn is so good at writing albums, like full albums that feel like a journey. Um, New Surrender and Lowborn, you could probably argue aren't like that, but like, you know, Vital, Dark as the Way, Light as a Place, Cities, Never Take Friends. I mean, they have a lot of albums that are like so tight, cohesive and have like a sonic story element to them. And the band is like so good at that. They don't just put out like, collections of songs and that's what Silverline feels like is hey hey here's five new songs it doesn't and like circles is like a really epic song and you could you could almost hear it when it came out as like the closing song on like an 11 track album but it's not it's just one of the the five songs that are on the ep and i think maybe that's the reason is because like i so associate in berlin with like those long album length journeys that five songs just felt a little off for some reason even though i, I like the songs on their own does that make any sense it makes sense to me. And what's funny is you, I haven't read that Chorus FM interview, but I could bet you, I'd bet $5 a song that the Anchor and Braille song are asking and body language. I Those thought are the, the exact yes, same thing. Like yep. they just sound, not that they're not good Amberlynn songs because they are, but they just feel like just slightly removed. Um, and it feels very Stephen Christian. It doesn't feel Amberlynn. Um, yeah. which means that there's only those three songs. I, I just almost feel like those three songs were written for a lowborn and just didn't make the cut. Yep. Um, I thought I, like, I knew it immediately when I listened yeah. to it. And it's, I think the, the weirdest part about it is like two graves comes right out, kicks you right in the teeth. It's one of the heavier songs the band has ever written. And then there's nothing lost, which is my personal favorite song on the Holy P. I think it's just like nothing lost encapsulates like what I love about what this band can do with kind of like melding different genres and sounds. Like it's just, it's an incredible Amberlynn song. So you're like, all right, here we go. And then all of a sudden body language just like completely pivots the entire vibe of it. 
um, and asking carries on with that. So almost like asking more than body language, I think just cause like my brain sort of like gets used to like, okay, we've like switched gears here. Um, and then there's circles, which is another pretty aggressive song right at the end. But yeah, there's no question that those two have to be it. Um, and maybe that's another thing about the EP is like, sometimes when a band puts out an EP, it's cause they have like, maybe they don't have a full album, but they've got like songs that kind of work together and they want to put it out. I don't know that silver line is like that. It's kind of like, Hey, here's five in Berlin songs that all kind of like visit different aspects of like the historical sound of the band or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds historical. Perfect word. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite song on the EP? Mine is asking, but I'm obsessed with anchor and Braille. So yeah. that made sense to me. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I, and to be fair, I, I do like Anchor and Braille. Um, I, I definitely prefer In Berlin, but that last Anchor and Braille album from like 2020, I thought was really good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, and again, I, I feel like I'm being like negative about this for some reason. I, I'm not. I'm. You can read the review. I like the EP. I'm excited In Berlin's back, but there are some kind of peculiarities around it that I, I think are worth digging into. Do you think that there's going to be more? Do you think that like either that there's going to be like a string of EPs or maybe eventually a full album or is it, I mean, I could also, the weird thing is I could also see this coming out and then they just kind of like vanish again. Like I don't, I don't want that to happen, but I just, I kind of don't know what to expect. Well, I do know that their next plans, uh, because I have their post notifications on, um, are to play three nights at the Knitting Factory this week in Brooklyn, but they're doing an album a night. So they're yeah. doing cities, never take friendship personal, and I think new surrender, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, so I don't think that they're I I don't want to say that they're gonna be done again, but it almost doesn't feel like they wanna do anything else new, if that makes sense. Like it does seem like they're kind of rehashing some other like things, maybe that they didn't get to do in the time that they were away. Or, um, I don't know, just taking opportunities to, you know, play shows and do whatever they want. But I just feel like I, I don't get the, I don't get that there's like a driving force towards a new Amberlynn era. Like it almost feels like they just kind of released this to maybe appease some people who really wanted some new Amberlynn music. Um, but they didn't really maybe intend to, I don't want to say like move forward with it. Um, but maybe they were trying to like end it on a better note than they did in 2014 this is all yeah. rambling. <laughs> I don't know no, what I'm I... saying. Uh, but if you know what I mean, like it doesn't feel like they um, have a cohesive plan to come back, make new music and have a second like um, like iteration of Amberlynn. It kind of just feels like they're trying to tie up loose ends. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's interesting how all these returns have all been kind of like different and unique in their own ways. Like Under Oath is definitely not taking that approach. They've like created an entire new chapter for themselves uh, my chemical romance presumably we're going to have a a full album from them at some point or maybe an ep who knows but it kind of feels like we're building towards another sort of like story and experience with them uh you know armor for sleep is back it's another band i mentioned I've, they've been putting out new songs that i've been listening to and enjoying and they're back but they're like leaning into like all the things that people loved about them back in 2005 and that feels cool um you know and berlin is doing what they're doing and it's it's different just like everybody else is kind of approaching this differently. There's no playbook for it, I suppose, but it's definitely interesting to think about. Um, you talked about the album shows. I love that. Amberland, as we've talked about, has one of the most bulletproof discographies of any band. Um, like their albums are, you could just play a full album for a concert and people would go to it, or you could pick and choose which albums you wanted to hear. They did a full live stream series of playing all of their albums through. 
Um, and of course, we did our album rankings. I don't even know how long ago that's been. But has this return of Amberlynn had you kind of like rethinking their discography at all or the ways that you rank some of their albums? I don't know. Not really. It didn't really change too much for me. Again, because I feel like I just don't have an attachment to it quite yet. Um, but I guess I would put it right next to Lowborn. It just kind of sounds like it's from that same vein. So it kind of yeah. fits there for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I wrote in the review that we've kind of entered the time of year where I uh, like to listen to Dark as the Way, Light is the Place, which on most days is my favorite Anne Berlin album. And it um, came out back in 2010 around this time of year. And so I you know, kind of always gravitate towards it. But, you know, I, I've been also in the past year revisiting Vital and that's an album that like, the, I mean, you know, you've got Cities, Never Take Friendship Personal, Dark is the Way, Blueprints for the Black Market, their debut is one a lot of people don't talk about, but it's one of my personal favorites. It's the album that got me into them and I still love it. Vital almost, you almost forget about it sometimes, or I do. And then I listen to it and I'm like, holy shit, this was so good. Like, it almost felt like that album could have kicked off a, a whole new era instead of being like the beginning of the end. Um, but yeah, I just, I love their discography. It's so interesting to think about. It's so interesting to kind of pull from those albums at different times of the year. Um, I, I really love it. And I'll, I'll end the Anne Berlin discussion on this note. Um, since you shared a, a shirt story, my first like band shirt that I didn't buy either at a show or at hot topic. Like the first time I ordered a band shirt from the internet was Anne Berlin back in 2003. Uh, it was the, uh, you know, I'd, found discovered blueprints for the black market and fallen in love with it got obsessed with the band and at that time their website only had like you could buy the cd and one t-shirt like those were the options and i bought the one the one t-shirt and i literally wore it out over uh, my years at college but um amberlin shirt stories you know kind of neat i guess yeah i have actually the most amberlin shirts out of any band yeah Shockingly. that's interesting. actually maybe nope closely followed by emory but not quite. Okay. I got the, um, remember when they released that seven shirt like collection with all the album covers? No. Well, I purchased, I purchased that <laughs> wow, on, that on a whim cool. and I have like every Emberlin cover on a shirt, um, wow. except for Silverline, of course, because that yeah. wasn't a thing then, but yeah. nice. Dang. I missed out on that. Um, yeah, my shirt, uh, champion is definitely under oath, but you know, Emberlin's up there. I've got, shirts from a few different eras of that band um well hey let's talk about paramore another speaking of comebacks paramore is coming back and you have been you were again you were so good at reading the tea leaves unearthing little nuggets of information and i'll admit that whenever you started the sort of like digging on paramore and i don't even know when it started i, I remember the first time you sent me something and i was like nadia Paramore's because I personally thought that they were just done. I mean, you know, after after laughter and like every interview you read with Haley and sort of the moment that she had um, and everything that, you know, we kind of learned that she'd gone through with the entire time and, and that band and then the solo projects. I kind of felt like it just I, I, I assumed that Paramore was done, but you always held out hope and you were right. All of the things that you found, all the reading between the lines you did. I feel like you were the one that deserves props for like totally knowing that this was going to happen. And now we think it's almost here. So I just want to start by giving you congratulations for all of your detective work. Oh my that. God. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I feel so appreciated. Um, yeah, I am excited. A yeah. little, maybe a little bit more than I should be. Um, Paramore trends on Twitter at least three times a week. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, they for have what reason I don't just, know. Well, they have a fan base that's just like insane with this stuff, you know. Yeah, like literally, it's all just like pictures of them from the past, and it's like, or or my favorite Twitter account is has Paramore released P six yet? And it's just a tweet every day that says yes or no. Obviously, <laughs> they they've all said no. Um, yeah, obviously, but yeah, um, they're definitely on their way back. I don't know when, but well, I know that it's happening. I mean, we know that there's a tour happening. I mean, you know, first it was like, hey, they're playing when we were young and they were showing up on like festival bills. And then we got a full tour announcement. Uh, it's been, I think, a matter of weeks ago, even that that came out. Um, and it, that felt inevitable. But there were all these, you know, there were photos leaking of them in the studio. There were sort of like other people that aren't even in Paramore, but are like musicians or producers doing interviews that were like dropping like little half sentences about something related to Paramore, about somebody you know, somebody was talking about their album and the person that was mixing their album mixed three songs for the Paramore album. You're like, whoa, wait, there's a Paramore album and people are doing this. <laughs> so there's been like a lot of stuff like that. And then Haley started talking about, you know, a Paramore album on her own podcast recently. Um, and I've got a quote here. She said, we started working on new materials, a band over the last year and a half, you know, the three of us, Zach Taylor and I, and I just want to say it. I don't, even feel like it gives away very much block party from day one was the number one reference because it was like there was such an urgency to their sound that was different from the fast punk or the pop punk or the loud wall of sound emo bands that were happening in the early 2000s they had their own thing and it was so unique and so dynamic and it really stuck with us and i'm really thankful for this band i'm so thankful that they're back and playing shows they're putting out great songs and it just makes me feel even more excited to get back out in the world and maybe cross paths with a band that has been a huge part of our story since day one. Um, that was that. I feel like that's the most revealing thing we have at this point is that she's basically saying like, "Hey, we got really into Block Party, and they've been influencing the music we're making." So that's like one thing that we can lean on and be like, "Hey, that's a thing." And who would have thought after after laughter, which of course has been over five years ago now, so it's not like they, you know, a lot of time has passed, and Haley has made a lot of other music, but. Um, to me, I, I feel like that at least gives us a framework of what we can expect with this. And to me, that's maybe a little unexpected. I, I don't know about you. I honestly don't know what to expect. Um, only because they took such a like left turn with After Laughter. I feel like they could do whatever they wanted right now. Um, I think that anything that they drop we'll all be excited for. And I think that's like just a testament to how like longstanding they have been here. Like, and I don't know, just the trust that we have in them that they could release literally an album. They could release an EP. They could release a single and we'll all just go nuts over it. Um, so I think that's like, I think they have come to the point in their career where they have the trust of the fan base, which means they have the freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. I don't really have any like idea of what the vibes will be like. Um, but I mean, I think it'll be good either yeah. way. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah. It has to be right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Haley Williams. It's, you know, it's Zach, it's Taylor. It's, it's, we all know and love them. So we know that they will never disappoint. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, despite all of the success that they've had over the years, you know, from Riot to Ain't It Fun being like the this huge song, and they've had like all these like huge cultural moments, but it wasn't until After Laughter that they finally got like the critical praise. Like that was the first time that like all the the music mags and, you know, Pitchfork and everybody else was like, hey, look at Paramore. These guys are pretty good. 
good stuff. You know, like, and for all of us longtime Paramore fans, it was like, one, like, hey, thanks for finally saying some nice things about this band that's like meant so much to so many people. But two, it felt like they needed to have this big, weird change in order for that to happen. And what's been fascinating in the ensuing years is that there's been this entire revival of a time period where Paramore was like in their heyday with everything from Olivia Rodrigo talking about, you know, Paramore's influence on her. Billie Eilish, I mean, has, has talked about Haley Williams, had her out on stage to, didn't they perform Misery Business together recently? Uh, Pale Waves, you can't listen to them and not think about Paramore. So there's all these artists now who are like paying homage. Is it paying homage? Whatever that phrase is. <laughs> like doing this thing in honor of like what Paramore meant for them coming up. And it's like the sound that Paramore had like moved past by the time they put out after laughter. So that's what's fascinating about this moment is that you've almost got this resurgence of the sound Paramore used to be known for, but we know there's no way that they're going to put out an album like that. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. And no, I don't know. I feel like they've made a natural progression past punk rock Paramore. Like once, once she decided on the after laughter tour that they were done playing misery business, like live, even though they've kind of gone back on that. Like, I feel like, um, we knew that that kind of pop punk sound may be maybe left in the past um, for them. I I don't think this album is going to be as like hard of a rock album as we think. Like if that makes any sense. Like yeah. I definitely don't think that we're going to go back to a brand new eyes riot Paramore. Oh um, yeah. I feel like we could. I think we could get back to maybe an after laughter paramore where it's like just that perfect mix of the punk and the pop um like with some i don't know some of their newer influences are like very creative like i feel like they use a lot of their influences and like the stuff that they're listening to personally in such interesting and unexpected ways in their own music um that i feel like it, it'll just it'll be a perfect blend of whatever it will be yeah. <laughs> again i have no idea what i'm talking about i've been well, up since 6 30 <laughs> i mean the no i think it all makes sense and the the coolest thing to me that's happened since they've been gone is that like you know as has been discussed paramore comes up at this time in this extremely male dominated scene of music which we now know was like full of really toxic shitty men um, and she survived through all of that while taking the brunt of being a, you know, quote unquote girl in the man's world of pop punk and emo at the time or whatever the hell that whole narrative was. But she lived through that shit. And then on the other side of it, we find that there's all these new like young women artists who were like admiring her and looking up to her and they were and she was influencing them in ways that she didn't even know. And now we have a whole new generation of like music and artists that were influenced by her. And, th and that's been like one of the coolest things I think to see uh, for me uh, over the past several years. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things I, when I, if I go back to what I was saying, when we started this conversation of like, I thought Paramore was done whenever Haley started releasing that solo music and it felt like such a refreshing and new and interesting exploration for her. I kind of thought like, Oh, this is where this goes now. Um, and I'm interested in your thoughts because I know you were a big fan of her her solo stuff. Where do you think the line between between Haley, the solo artist, and Paramore begins and ends? Because I mean, she obviously has a huge songwriting influence on Paramore um, as the the primary songwriter. It's interesting to think about like what 
what becomes Haley's music and what becomes Paramore's music. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I just feel like they're one and the same. Um, I know like Haley only has her name on, you know, whatever she released in 2020, 2021. But even still, like even when she releases pictures from that time, like the guys are there. Like they have production credits on those albums like they have songwriting credits she talked to them about it it's not like she was like all right i'm actually not going to be part of paramore right now like i'm just doing my own stuff like i think they're they're not only like bandmates obviously they're best friends like in the same way where like i would talk to one of my friends about something even if they weren't completely involved in it like that's how i feel like the whole solo arc kind of went it's kind of intertwined with paramore and i wouldn't be shocked if like maybe some of the songs that she was writing for her solo album maybe would end up on a paramore album in like a year or so i just i just feel like those things are still very closely connected every time she talks about paramore it's with like the utmost fondness and appreciation for like that the journey that the group of them have taken together um and yeah she's just like jamming with her best friends all the time so i i just don't think it's going to be as far removed from each other as um as i don't know maybe maybe she meant for it to be a little bit more far removed but i don't think it will be yeah that's a good point give me your wildest prediction for the new album something you think that is going to be like surprise everybody i guess i don't know like i really don't know they haven't released any like sound bites or anything even the pictures are just like regular they're just hanging out like it's not even there's no there are no like themed photo shoots out yet or anything like that and i'm gonna be honest i haven't listened to her podcast i'm like waiting for all of the episodes to come out so i can just binge them and (laughs) go on the whole journey together because actually here's my wildest prediction the last song on that last episode is going to be the new paramore single actually that's that's my wildest prediction that's a good one i like that yeah uh my wildest prediction is that Haley comes on our podcast to debut the the first song no well i guess that's as wild as it could get (laughs) pretty damn wild uh but Haley, you're welcome open invite um always um my wildest prediction is that this is going to be like their this is going to be a way bigger moment for them than we realize like it's not going to be like oh hey just some of the old paramore fans are back together like i think it's going to be huge like a really big deal um whenever this album comes out and the music comes out i think it's it's going to kind of dominate um, the conversation for a while, which I'm really, I kind of want it. I really want it to happen. And I think it's going to, and I'm excited for that because they totally deserve that. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Are you, the tour dates, are, are any of these coming close to you? I'm looking no. at it now. Uh, Miss Williams. No, they're not ma'am. There's, there's um, nothing in the Northeast, which is so rude actually. Cause you were like, about? yeah, they're going on a big tour. Not big enough. Cause they're not coming to my house. <laughs> I'm Weird. not, I'm not going to be leaving my house to go see Paramore. Um, it's fine. Cause I have high hopes that they're going to announce that soon. Eventually. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I am allegedly going to see them at, when we were young festival, I'm hoping there's some new music out at that time. So I can hear some, some new tunes, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. And, you know, speaking of Paramore, another band that's back and touring and doing things, Copeland, I think of them because Copeland took Paramore, I think on their first tour. And then of course, later on Paramore took Copeland out, which is still one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. Those two bands together, like just makes sense to me for some reason, but um, another band that we're excited about, like everybody's just back. Like everybody's just back. And um, it's like nobody ever left, I guess. 
well, maybe not quite, but um, but yeah, you who can leave thunk? the scene, but the scene will never leave you. Yeah, exactly, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else on Paramore? Did we cover it all? I guess we're we're gonna have a real conversation when there's actually things to talk about, other than we think they're That's coming back. Be incredible. But, um, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I am too. It's gonna um. be fun. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, even, like, when you're talking about the generation of artists that, like, Haley has helped raise, um, like, I don't know, I just feel like she made it possible for girls like myself to feel comfortable in the music world. Mm-hmm. Like, I really did start writing about music, like, because I saw the influence that she had, and I was like, okay, so I could get my foot in the door here. Yeah. Like, I can do that for fun and, like, have it be, like, a part of my life rather than just kind of being, like, oh, I'm just a music fan, but I'm a girl, so don't talk to me about it. Um, but, like, even I think of bands like Meet Me at the Altar and, like, all of the people in other minorities that have just, I don't know, really come up behind her. She really yeah. does um, – I mean, I guess all of them do. Like, the the band really does, like, put an emphasis on shining the spotlight on up-and-coming bands um yeah. which is something that like i don't know it's it I, I really appreciate it it just feels like they know their like they know their power and they know how to use it yeah spider-man Absolutely. vibes i love it Haley williams is a gift and uh we'll be back talking about the music when it's here but in the meantime that is going to do it for our show today um come visit us at it's all dead.com and uh, follow us on social media if you like um sometimes we tweet and post things and say things and just have some fun. So we invite you to come along with us. Uh, the podcast is back. We're going to be releasing uh, new episodes every two weeks like we like to do. Um, so thanks for being patient with us during a, a whirlwind summer for all of us personally. Um, but excited to be doing the podcast again. Uh, that's going to do it for now. I'm Kyle Hawk. Nadia, thank you for joining. Yeah, anytime. And we'll catch you next time. Adios. Thanks for listening to Long Live the Music. If you like our show, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at It's All Dead. And of course, come visit our website, itsalldead.com.